Have you ever accidentally succeeded? When I was a kid, I won a roller skating race from dead last when all the other contestants crashed right before the finish line. Did I feel great about that when I did very little to achieve? Absolutely. And I'm guessing even though the fighters on today's list walked away with similarly hollow victories, they weren't asking that their win bonuses be taken away. Sometimes things happen in MMA, and about gets handed to a fighter on a silver platter by some freak circumstance. These 10 wins were in various ways gifted to the victors, and technicality or not, they'll always remain a W in the record books. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. Here are 10 fluky finishes that counted as wins anyway. Number 10, Tyron Woodley versus Carlos Condit. We kick things off with the least fluky of the fluky when Tyron Woodley took on Carlos Condit at UFC 171. It's well known that takedowns can often cause problems with the knees. You see this all the time from wrestlers and non-wrestlers alike who are involved in the sport. Sometimes things just snap, crackle, and pop on the way to the mat. Condit was three fights removed from his title challenge against George St. Pierre, and Woodley was coming off his impressive KO finish of Josh Koscheck. It was an important welterweight matchup near the top of the division, and for as long as it lasted, it was interesting and competitive. The first round was a toss-up, really, with both fighters getting in some decent offense, Tyron's game heavy on the grappling, with Carlos utilizing his unique striking style. Early in the second round, though, following a takedown by Woodley, it was fairly evident that something had happened to Condit. He was wincing in pain, and this was immediately noted by the commentary team. The action would be stood back up, and Tyron immediately threw a kick targeted at Carlos's left leg. When he attempted to pivot away on his other leg, his right knee, which wasn't being attacked, just exploded and sent him spinning to the canvas. Herb Dean immediately stepped in. TKO, Condit had torn his ACL and partially torn his meniscus. He would need surgery and be out for a year year. Goldie noted you hate to see a finish like that, to which Rogan replied, not if you're Tyron Woodley. Number 9. Damian Maya versus Dong Young Kim Everybody knows what Damian Maya is going to do to you in a fight. It's not a big secret. He's going to try for a takedown so he can take your back, take your neck, and take your win bonus in the friendliest way possible with the least amount of striking necessary. And while the game he plays often sees bouts dragged out for long periods of time, the Brazilian was given a gift by the MMA gods when he took on Dong Young Kim at UFC 148. This was Maya's welterweight debut. He'd lost two of his last three at middleweight, so was looking for a fresh start. He got it 47 seconds into the fight when he dragged down the stun gun and immediately scored the mount. Well done, Damian. But after two half-hearted strikes that were really just for show, Mario Yamasaki had surprisingly seen enough and waved the bout off. It really was the strangest thing. You don't see any tapping from Kim or any indication from anyone, really, that something was amiss. But somehow, all three parties knew it was over. In perhaps one of the strangest finishes in UFC history, Stun Gun was incapacitated by a major muscle cramp in his side about 20 seconds earlier as he was attempting to thwart the Jiu-Jitsu Ace's takedowns, eventually succumbing to the pain as he was dragged to the mat. The two would never rematch, and the win would be the start of a three-fight streak for Maya. Number 8. Jose Aldo versus Korean Zombie. It's pretty on brand for Korean Zombie's body to literally start falling apart in the middle of a fight. Chan Sung Young shambled his way down to Brazil to take on the King of Rio himself, Jose Aldo, in his backyard for the Featherweight Champ's fifth title defense, which headlined UFC 163. Zombie was coming off three absolutely incredible performances, starting with a twister in his promotional debut, followed by a seven-second KO of Mark Hominick, and then a fight of the night banger with Dustin Poirier. He ended by putting the diamond to sleep with a Darce choke. In other words, the hardcore base was hyped about this fight. Unfortunately, it didn't really deliver. Aldo did his thing for the better part of four rounds. He easily won the first 3-10-9, landing nearly twice as many significant strikes as KZ and scoring five takedowns. About a minute and a half into the fourth, Zombie threw a right hand that missed and dislocated his shoulder, leaving him in visible pain. And well, I'm not a doctor, but you don't need a degree to realize that arm is fucked up. Aldo too caught onto the issue and began kicking the holy hell out of the shoulder, which I'm sure was just the worst pain ever. Young dropped to the canvas and would be finished via TKO. To get that kind of reaction from Korean Zombie, you know there had to be some serious pain. Sure, Jose was on his way to a win on the cards, but by pure fluke, he got to end his night early and make our list. Number 7. Max Holloway vs. Charles Oliveira 
I would love to see these two rematch now. And who knows, we could get that fight in the very near future. Maybe even for double champ status, depending on how things play out for both fighters. But the first encounter between Max Holloway and Charles Oliveira wasn't exactly one you're going to be telling your grandkids about. Unless you want to tell your grandkids about one of the weirdest finishes in the history of mixed martial arts. So this one was a featherweight headliner for Fight Night 74. Max had won six straight since being beat by Conor McGregor and Charlie Olive's four with four of the night bonuses. An absolute banger this should have been, but Holloway was truly blessed on this night. The early part of the first was what you would expect, both fighters feeling things out on the feet. Dubronx shot in on a takedown about 90 seconds into the bout, which Holloway reversed, standing back up to avoid the ground game of his opponent. When Charles stood up, though, it was apparent something was terribly wrong. He was holding his shoulder, it looked like, and turning his body away from Max with his arm out, as if to say, time out, bro. Something horrible is happening to me right now. Blessed charged in, but luckily Herb Dean was there to call things off. It confused Holloway, graciously took the TKO win, and the easy night at the office. So what happened to Charles Oliveira? He tore part of his esophagus. Yeah, that is scary as hell, right? Turns out it was related to an injury in camp, but luckily the damage wasn't too bad, and he would be out of the hospital the next day. 14 fights later, he'd be lightweight champ. Number 6. Jorge Masvidal vs. Jake Ellenberger I don't even know how to describe the strangeness of what happened to Jake Ellenberger and his fight with Jorge Masvidal at the Tough 24 finale. If I asked you to make a list of 100 weird ways a fight could end, I'm guessing you may not even have listed the outcome of this 2016 bout. Both guys were in need of a win here. Jake had lost 5 of his last 7, but managed to score a pretty spectacular finish of Matt Brown in his previous outing. Gamebred was pre-Street Jesus phase, the resurrection still 3 years off. He'd lost 3 of his last 5, but was a pretty heavy favorite going in. For the better part of the first, Masvidal was taking it to the juggernaut. It wasn't quite a 10-8, but it was definitely close. Jake needed to get some offense in, and so he shot hard on a takedown attempt late in the round, and sort of bounced off Jorge into the cage where his foot would be caught between the canvas and the fence itself. Masvidal, who knows from his time fighting people in backyards, you don't question the breaks you're given, started blasting Jake, prompting a confused Herb Dean to step in and stop the fight. Now you would probably assume, oh, the guy got his foot caught in the cage, that's not part of fighting, they're just going to have them reset, but the commission decided that getting your foot caught didn't warrant a cage malfunction, and because Dean stopped the action, this was a TKO win for Gamebred that stuck even after Ellenberger appealed. Number 5. Nate Diaz vs. Manny Gamburian it's pretty much established MMA canon at this point that if you give the Diaz brothers enough time, they will win any fight ever. Nick Diaz could beat Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet if you give him enough rounds. And that sentiment is really the only way you could feel good about Nate's Ultimate Fighter Season 5 lightweight tournament win at the live finale against Manny Gamburian because for as long as that fight was happening, Diaz was getting handled pretty soundly. From the opening horn through the entire first round, it was pretty much all Manny with big takedowns and far more action on the ground than his opponent. In fact, if you said it was a 10-8, I wouldn't argue with you too much. Intending to keep the momentum he had in the first, Gamburian shot in on a takedown almost immediately, and then following the attempt, slumped over on the mat and started tapping wildly. His shoulder had been dislocated, and the fight was over. Based on his and Korean Zombie's reaction, that injury must really hurt bad. Nate, technically speaking, won via submission despite the lackluster performance up to that point. You would think naturally there would be a rematch after such a weird finish to tough, but you would be wrong. Diaz fought Junior at Sunsouth three months later, and the two would never cross paths again. Number 4. Matt Hughes vs. Carlos Newton what do you do when both fighters get finished essentially simultaneously? A no contest, right? Well, it depends on who you're paying attention to, apparently. Matt Hughes and Carlos Newton first met at UFC 34. Newton, only a few months previous, took the welterweight title from Hughes' mentor and coach Pat Militic with a bulldog choke. Matt's country ass was on a seven-fight win streak with six finishes. He was the underdog going into the fight, but it was pretty apparent early on that Hughes was going to be a serious problem. Matt's offense was slamtacular, to coin a term. The dude was tossing the champ all over the place in the first round, and it looked like we were going to get more of the same in the second. While in bottom position, 
position after yet another toss, Newton began to secure a triangle choke, prompting Hughes to stand straight up and walk the pair over to the cage wall. It appeared as if Matt again slammed Newton to the canvas while in the choke, knocking the champion unconscious. But if you look at Matt on the ground, he too is clearly unconscious. In fact, he didn't even have a clue who won until he was told who won, and can even be heard on the broadcast telling Militich, I was out. Newton, who was definitely out as well, thought that Matt was unconscious and that that was why the fight was called. Big John only saw Carlos out cold though, and ruled about a KO win for the new champ. The two would rematch that next year, with Hughes getting a definitive TKO victory in the fourth round. Number 3. Vitor Belfort vs. Randy Couture 2 it's a good thing fans were given such a spectacular moment in BJ Penn upsetting Matt Hughes for the welterweight title as the co-main event for UFC 46, because there couldn't be a more disappointing finish to the headlining light heavyweight title fight between Vitor Belfort and Randy Couture. I guess maybe it could have been worse if the two never even got in the cage at all, but at least then the title wouldn't have changed hands for essentially no reason. Old Man Couture was on fire. He'd stunningly defeated Chuck Liddell for the interim title, and then beat up the division's longtime champion Tito Ortiz on his way to undisputed gold. His first defense would be against post-pride Vitor, a considerable challenge for the now 40-year-old champ. The two had met previously at UFC 15 way back in 1997, a heavyweight bout that saw Couture win via TKO about eight minutes in. This time, things would be a lot different and not for the better. With the very first punch that was thrown less than a minute into the fight, Vitor would graze Randy's eye, barely making contact, but of course, when it comes to the squishy, delicate little instrument we use to see, something like that can cause a lot of damage. And it sure did, opening up a cut on the champion's cornea, which immediately put a stop to the bout once the referee noticed Couture wincing in pain. The punch meant that it was officially a TKO via doctor's stoppage, and we had a new champion. With not a single soul satisfied, the two rematched seven months later, and Captain America took his title back, a doctor's stoppage following the third round, not caused by a grazed punch, but a one-sided beatdown. Number 2. Tsuyoshi Kosaka vs. Fedor Emelianenko now, I know what you're probably thinking, Tommy, why did you rank this higher than Vitor vs. Randy? That fight had a title change. Fedor Emelianenko vs. Tsuyoshi Kosaka, that was just the second round of the Ring's King of Kings 2000 tournament. And my response to that is because that single blemish, this stupid finish, this fight that ended by pure happenstance, would mar the record of the greatest heavyweight fighter in the entire world for about a decade. He would have been 32-0 when he was finally actually defeated for the first time by Fabrizio Verdum. Alright, so to set the stage, Fedor is very early into his career here, only four total fights. Earlier that night, he just beat Ricardo Arona, a solid win. Kosaka was a veteran of 33 fights, but a lot of those happened in rings, so who knows exactly what was a work or a shoot, but he did compete in the UFC several times as well against legit competition. The fight would begin with Tsuyoshi missing the first punch he threw, and on the follow-through, catching Fedor with his elbow, which opened up a big cut that 17 seconds in, the referee noticed and had the doctor examine. It did not take long for this one to be called a TKO via doctor's stoppage, despite the fact that, you know, elbows aren't allowed in rings. The just was that he hadn't thrown an elbow, but a punch that missed. Apparently, that means the elbow didn't cause the cut, even though it clearly did. Whatever the case, Emelianenko took the L, and years later in Pride, the two would meet again, essentially only because of this outcome in rings, where Fedor would beat the brakes off Kosaka. Number 1. Matt Hamill versus John Jones it had to be number one. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, you have a good night, sir. Much like Fedor, the loss will likely forever haunt John Jones's record, even though he and the UFC have made an effort to have it expunged from history. Take yourself back to 2009. JBJ is three fights into his UFC career, unbeaten at 9-0, the most notable win against Stefan Bonner. He's going to be taking on Matt Hamill as the co-main event for the Tough 10 finale. The Hammer was 6-2 in the UFC, and one of those losses was pure robbery, the other to a former champion. He had six finishes. This was seen as a battle of two up and Coming light heavyweights. Rogan on commentary was interested to see how Jones.
Jones responded to the wrestling pedigree of Hamill, and we got our answer pretty quickly. After a small feeling out period, JBJ landed a slick trip takedown and got the mountain a flash before beating the absolute shit out of Matt, raining down all kinds of shots from top position. It was getting bad, and in fact, had Steve Mazzagatti jumped in earlier, I don't think you'd see too many complaints. But he didn't, and then of course came those 12 to 6 elbows. Jones cursed by his own striking variety. Now, mind you, those came on the tail end of one of the most brutal assaults from Full Mount I've ever seen. Mazzagatti instantly stopped the fight to take a point from Jones over this nonsense. But then when it was time to restart, Hamill was in a bad, bad way, so the fight was called. John began to celebrate his TKO, but because the bout ended with those illegal blows, it was a DQ and a victory for the Hammer. Getting beat up horribly only to have an obscure, rarely enforced rule score you the victory at the last possible second, yeah, I'd say that qualifies as the flukiest of fluke wins. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.